This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch. And I'm Zareen Siddiqui. And before we start on today's episode, I feel like we need to address just how many things happened last week between the time we recorded our January look back and the time the episode aired, because there were a lot of updates to the things that we talked about, even though it was like three days later. First of all, Rihanna's pregnant. We couldn't even talk about that on the episode, which is very upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. We've also now seen evidence of Kanye West and Julia Fox kissing, which was something you were doubting. They have proven it's happening in a photo. To be frank, I don't feel like I need it, and I feel like your energy put that into the universe. So you owe me an apology for that. Well, first of all, I don't really know if that's a kiss. Whatever we saw, it just looks like they were mouth breathing into each other. So I don't really consider that as a kiss. Not since Timothy Chalamet and Lily Rose Depp kissing on the yacht have I seen Ugh, so no. much tongue. <laughs> God, hey, I want to get rid of that picture. Moving on to better things. Um, Rihanna is in fact pregnant. I got a message from our friend Maggie talk, asking questions about the photo shoot that seemingly happened in New York City. Uh, where she sort of revealed her bare belly. Are you trying to tell me she wasn't just going for a walk in New York City the day after a snowstorm wearing a puffer coat that just happened to reveal her whole entire belly? <laughs> no, I feel like that's not what was happening. I feel like it was I thought she was much- caught. She was caught by the paparazzi. <laughs> no, yeah, Maggie was like, what's happening? Why is she wearing this? Wasn't there just a blizzard in New York? Isn't it cold? Um, and all those questions, yes, there was a blizzard. And those pants were so, so long. You can't wear pants like that in the slush of New York City. <laughs> yeah, no, that was giving me flashbacks of Jenko, the Jenko years. No, oh, yeah, no. But happy for Rihanna. I can't believe her baby is on the way. We're never going to get another album, which makes me sad. But that baby's going to be amazing. A, fe- um, a Fenty baby. A Fenty baby. Um, also my dreams of Tom Brady's retirement came into fruition so quickly. Um, it's like he heard me mocking his premature documentary. Yes. I think Wordle also heard you mocking it because now it's been sold to the New York times for a seven figure deal. Maybe I'll actually play it now. Although so many people are upset because it's been monopolized in capitalism. So I don't know. I know. What um, a sellout. What a sellout. What a sellout. Seven <laughs> figures for I'd sell your out. pandemic hobby. I mean. Yeah. Sell me out. Um, we don't talk about Bruno. Also went to number one on the Billboard chart since we discussed it. We don't talk about Bruno. Yes. It went from number two to number one. Now tying a whole new world. And yet you still haven't seen... Encanto, despite being snowbound for a whole weekend. No, well, I've been busy watching almost everything else that's on TV. Including uh, Titanic. <laughs> including Titanic. God, it was, it's rough every time, you know. But once you hear that flute, damn. 
Can, um, you, can we just talk about the gall of you to run a poll on your Instagram asking what you should watch this weekend during the snowstorm and then following up with, I decided to watch Titanic. <laughs> I watched the other two. You suggested the other two on HBO and I did watch that. I just, I just still want to hear the results. Like what, what options did you get? Um, a lot of the things were the stuff I already watched and then I got Abbott Elementary, which we'll talk about, but um, that's what this week's episode is about. It feels like winter TV is the new fall TV. I don't know if that's possible, but before we get into that, what's your not over it, Becky? My not over it this week is about sports, which is usually your area, but you know, I dabble. <laughs> How dare you, and- Stephen? <laughs> I know, right? Well, so every once in a while. Uh, but the artists formerly known as the Washington Redskins and also formerly known as Washington football team will now be known as the Washington Commanders. And I understand that the Venn diagram of overlap between football fans and Handmaid's Tale fans might be very small, but literally all I can think about is the fact that there are a whole group of men on the Handmaid's Tale known as Commanders, and they're a bunch of disgusting, misogynistic rapists. But great job. Maybe Commander Waterford can be the quarterback. God, I hate that. I hate all of that. It is so uncomfortable to think about. The Handmaid's Tale is also just like your entire body. Just It feels like you have spiders on you, but you're also like weird. Like, I don't know. I, everything about the Handmaid's Tale makes me uncomfortable. So just the thought of this is now now that's all, the, all I'm ever going to associate. No, it feels like they <laughs> like went I from can't. like problematic to like icky, and I just want I just want to know what else was on the short list. I'm sure the list it also was makes me think short. of like Buzz Lightyear and Star Command. I always saw jokes about Commandalorian. I mean, Commando, Commies. There's just it's not it's not the best. Not but like, why can't you just pick something normal? Cougars that works. <laughs> Washington Cougars. I don't know. You know, it sounds better than commanders. I just feel like there's enough animals yeah. out there. Just pick one. Or like, you know, the, there's the Washington Nationals. What does that even mean? They could be the Washington Capitals. I don't know. But nationalist, is that is that a little bit more like, is that problematic now? Can you be a na- being a nationalist like a, an issue? Is that a no, problem? No, it's not, it's not Washington Nationalist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I know, but... What are nationals? Aren't they nationalists? I don't All right, know. let's move it. We're moving on. We're moving on. What's your not over it? Um, my not over it is Brian Cox this week um, was interviewed somewhere. I'm not going to get into it because I didn't read it, but I did get a notification <laughs> that he was talking about the movie Troy, and he re- referenced Brad Pitt as being stunningly beautiful on the set of Troy. Remember that movie? I don't, remember, I don't remember Brian Cox being in it, but I do remember Brad Pitt being in it. Orlando Bloom was also in the movie. So was Garrett Hedlund, I think. I sometimes confuse this movie with Alexander, which I think is the one with Angelina Jolie and Colin Farrell, where they're like mother and son or something. Oh, God. I did not watch confusing. Um, Anyway, Brian Cox referred to him as stunningly beautiful and then followed up with like, I'm straight, but wow. And my question is just, when are we going to get to a point where men can compliment another, another man and not feel the need to you know, tell me their sexuality. Like I can say Brianna is so sexy and just move on. I don't need yeah, to. Yeah, but you're from a different generation. Brian Cox is L to the OG. L to the OG. Dude be the OG. He's like, that's how old he is. Cause he's the original gangster. Remember that? No. 
You don't remember that rat L to the OG? Oh, yeah. Is he, <laughs> did he participate somewhat in that? This is no, I'm just saying he's old. My point is that he's old. And this is like how but I still, you know, I feel people like guys- are, my grandma says problematic things. And you're like, well, we can't help it because she grew up in a different generation. I think this we I think we have to take this as progress that he felt comfortable even complimenting just another compliment. man. <laughs> yes. This is a win. What was I thinking? This is a win. But yeah, no, I think the younger generation is better about this at least. <laughs> the younger generation's better. If it was like a Disney star saying this, I'd be more concerned. Yeah, but I feel like I hear enough young men behaving this way as well still, which is annoying, but whatever. Anyways. Well, now if they're going to follow, if they idolize Logan Roy, I mean. I mean, who doesn't? How could you not? <laughs> the picture the picture of health. Well, we're putting this behind us. We're putting Succession behind us because Succession ended for the season. And it feels like there is like a little bit of a lull, you know, after Christmas. The shows go on like winter hiatus, whatever that is. But suddenly seems like all those projects we heard about during the pandemic are all being released now. Yeah. Is it just me? Doesn't it feel like a million things are coming out in the next There's couple of months? There's definitely an influx of um, TV shows and movies, and we are hashtag blessed with screeners and abundance of screeners coming at us all the time. There's so much to consume <laughs> and so little time. <laughs> this is the weirdest, the weirdest flex right there, but... Uh... It is. Well, I just feel like I want, I get on Netflix and I'm like, oh, preview content. When is this coming out? Should I watch all of Love is Blind now or should I wait until it comes out? It's just, it's overwhelming. Your life is so difficult. I know. But anyway, in light of all that, I feel like, you know, we did sort of a, a viewing guide in the fall. It feels like it's time to do another one. There's a lot of new stuff. There's a lot of stuff that we're kind of excited about, which I think is really the best part. And we're heading into like the last six weeks of winter because the groundhog saw his shadow. And that to me is a good time to sort of, you know, hunker down and watch some new stuff. So yes, why don't we start by talking about some new scripted shows that are maybe a little bit on the lighter side that we have been enjoying. Um, my first recent discovery is the after party on Apple TV plus because it's on Apple TV plus. That means probably no one knows the show exists, <laughs> but <laughs> it is it how that has, works. yeah, I mean the show caught my attention because Allison Brie shared a picture of her husband, Dave Franco on Instagram. That was a promo shot from the show and he's dressed as a ridiculous pop star. And that's what, what got me uh, Googling the show and figuring out what it works. So I guess celebrity cross promotion really does work, but this show has a very extensive, cast of people who you've definitely seen before it's sort of stacked with a lot of uh comedy greats and it's the kind of show where even if you don't know them by name you're like oh i saw that guy in that thing that i liked but it includes tiffany haddish dave franco ben schwartz um alana glazer ike Barinholtz, john early just to name a few have you heard of this show um i have not heard of it but i did see I keep seeing the previews to it when I open my Apple TV. <laughs> I keep shoving it down my throat. So Okay. So you're aware of it. I'm aware how, of it. So you're opening Apple TV on the regular, huh? Yeah, that's how I consume TV. On my Apple TV. Oh, on your Apple TV. I'm I Oh no, no, not like the Apple TV Plus <laughs> app. Yeah. No, just, just like it's like you're opening Apple TV Plus every night. Yeah, it makes more sense. Anyway, it's like a who done it murder mystery spoof, which isn't 
necessarily exactly my favorite thing. I didn't know if it was going to be my cup of tea, but each episode focuses on a different character's alibi or story of what happened that night. So the -hmm. premise is that uh, they were at a high school reunion and then Dave Franco's character, who is now become a very famous pop star, has his after party at his house and he ends up dead. So you find out right at the beginning and then it just sort of like plays into all these other Mm. more serious murder mystery shows. And then my favorite part though, is that each character's perspective leans into a different genre based on that character's personality and how they see themselves. So the first episode is like all these rom-com cliches, but then the second episode is leaning into like action comedy. So it takes a minute to realize that's what's happening. But so it really mixes it up. It's from- like a weird hybrid of like an anthology almost where every episode is like giving you something different. But yeah, like kind of, but it's like, you know, it's like telling the same story again, mm-hmm. but you're filling in the gaps of other things that happened. Um, so I'm enjoying it. This is a murder. <laughs> the first four episodes are out now and they're released weekly. So that's my wow. first pick of the week. Released weekly. What a new concept. It's like we're going back in time. Where, you know, you could wait a month and then watch them all at once. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's what I like to do, which is why I watched As We See It, um, which came out in January on Amazon Prime. It's eight episodes, season one. This show is brought to you by Jason Cadams. If you are not familiar with that name, that's fine. But he's the same guy that brought us Friday Night Lights, which is very close to my heart. And Parenthood. Um, the new show is a dramedy. It's about three roommates on the autism spectrum doing their best to kind of navigate adult life. And they're in all these, you know, seemingly normal situations, but are obviously the situations for them are elevated based, um, you know, on on their autism. And the cast didn't have, um, the cast doesn't have any standout names, but they're incredibly talented in the show. I feel like really handles these neurodiverse stories with a lot of care. And the best part for me is that all the characters are played um, by neurodiverse actors themselves. And the show is definitely like a tearjerker, but such an easy and pleasant watch. Wait, isn't Kevin Bacon's daughter in this? Sozie Bacon? Are you saying she's not a standout character? She of nepotism? That's her, Sozie Bacon, yeah. God damn it, nepotism. Catch me every time. I never even know. (laughs) She's good. She's like the least interesting part of the show. (laughs) <laughs> the other, well, <laughs> I mean, the, I feel like the neurodiverse actors are much more compelling. She just kind of is there. She That's helps fair. Die. Does it have? Yeah. Does it have that sort of heart that you get from? It sounds like it does have the same kind of heart as Parenthood or Friday Night. It does. Lights yeah, where, you have you know, these like really intense moments of like, why am I feeling all these feelings all at once? Like two seconds ago, I was laughing. So there is a bit of that, but. um yeah, uh, like it's 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 a very short commitment, eight episodes, and they're all available on Amazon Prime. So I highly recommend it. I really, really thirty minutes or an hour. I think thirty minutes. It wasn't that long. I burned through it pretty fast. That does that does lessen the commitment. Well, that sounds pretty good. I do like those shows. Yeah, another show that um, I've also recently gotten very into is Abbott Elementary. Um, Everyone this, keeps recommending this yeah, to me. Yeah, it's so good. Actually, this was all one of the shows on the poll <laughs> that someone recommended to me. Oh. Um, yeah, that I waited to watch after the blizzard was over, but still watched it. Um, it's starring Quinta Brenton um, from BuzzFeed and meme fame. It has Tyler James in it also from Everybody Hates Chris fame and Cheryl, Re- uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph from Moesha. Um, and a bunch of other people, but this, it's like a mockumentary and 
about a bunch of Philadelphia public school teachers who are like trying to help their students. And obviously, you know, they have very limited resources. The show is kind of based and rooted in Brunson's own life. She grew up in Philadelphia and her mom was a kindergarten teacher. Um, But it's just a really, really funny show. And if you were a fan of Parks and Rec in the office, I feel like it's it's kind of filling that hole in in prime time um, that we haven't had in a long time. Plus, watching the little kids and stuff, it's it's just hilarious. It's like it's a feel good show, and you're you laugh out loud a lot. And this is on network television. Yeah, this is on ABC, and you can also watch it on Hulu Hulu Live. <laughs> Shocking. All right. Yeah. Although I feel like ABC kind of delivers better shows on network like tv i like i was a really you know modern family blackish <laughs> like station station 19 you know get all of the graves stuff out of here i don't want to talk about it but like blackish was really good and and obviously modern family you know took over the whole well, world we're, we're gonna have time. to talk about we're gonna have to talk about shonda in, in a second so strap in for that yeah uh well, but before we do let's take a break and then when we come back we're gonna talk about the onslaught of television that is based on a true story that is coming our way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, as you mentioned, there's been an onslaught of, you know, these docu-series and scripted shows that are based on real-life events. And I watched Pam and Tommy, uh, which yeah, is a scripted sort series. Of. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, sort of. I watched Pam and Tommy kind of. I watched like half the first episode and then I was unable to continue on the journey. <laughs> um, but I know you were able to continue on the journey. So uh, why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, I was able to continue on the journey despite you saying you couldn't do it and despite my op- updates via text I, I couldn't grab you with um you know the, the the bread crumbing of what happens but um this is a new scripted series uh that's just started on hulu uh three episodes are out now and then the rest will be released weekly um and it follows the story of pamela anderson and tommy lee's relationship going back to their romance that started with them marrying after only knowing knowing each other for 96 hours and getting married on the beach in cancun in 1995 i didn't know a lot of this stuff but really the focus of the show is about how their a sex tape they made was stolen from their house and then released to the world so it was sort of the first inkling of revenge if you can call it revenge porn it was revenge porn not released by some of the, the people who were directly involved I just, for me, I think when 
I, yes, it, that is what it's based on because I think the first episode took so – it felt a little slow to me. And also Sebastian stands acting as Tommy Lee. I'm sure that is exactly how Tommy Lee is. It's just so – he's so horrific. And that's all the first episode was. I think that's why I couldn't get past it. I was like, I can't – he's so awful. When is Lily James going to come? Yeah, no. So – and the show definitely – it takes a turn. I mean, the first episode is largely focused on Seth Rogen's character. He plays a guy named Rand Gautier, whose name is only notable because he ends up stealing the tape and releasing it because he's pissed off by Tommy Lee's behavior. He's working on the house as a contractor. And basically Tommy Lee is like being out of control and requesting all this stuff and not wanting to pay for it. So he breaks into the safe and that's when he gets the tape and that's when everything else unfolds. Um, the first pictures of Sebastian Stan and Lily James, who plays Pamela Anderson in character, was definitely what sparked my attention. And I don't know, once I started watching it, it was like, I couldn't look away from it. And in the second episode is when they start getting into Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson's relationship. That's when Tommy Lee begins having a full conversation with his prosthetic penis, which is supposed to be real in the show. Because I didn't, did you know that Tommy Lee has a is well endowed. I didn't even know. No, I don't know anything about Tommy Lee, and I've for definitely wanted to keep it that way as long as possible. No, I guess that's a well-known thing. Um, oh. I mean, again, I was a child when all this happened, so I really, I <laughs> felt like I was really learning a lot. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like that you were like, I was breadcrumbing you. It's like bread. You were doing the opposite. It's like the opposite reverse breadcrumbing <laughs> of like trying to get me to come to you. But well, also, you don't, you don't like, want to watch Sebastian Stan talking to a prosthetic penis voiced by Jason Manzukis. I think she's the one. Oh, uh, you really think so? I do. Yeah, that's we were like, oh, the penis is Jason Menzies. I was like, I don't, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Anyway, if you do continue. Well, maybe I will now that you've sort of set it up in a. Yeah, I, after they get over the initial like shock and awe, which is what I think they were going for. Like, look how ridiculous they were. Look at their ridiculous lifestyle. It really gets into how messed up the whole entire thing was especially for pamela anderson even if she and tommy lee were base level ridiculous people it really shows that pamela anderson how much this like hurt her career and obviously like as a woman um it was you know much bigger deal for her than it was for him but also she was you know trying to take her career in a more serious direction versus just being reduced to cj from baywatch and then this sort of just solidified her Right. As a joke and the effect that it had on her. But also Lily James' performance as Pamela Anderson is very, very good. Really? You, I really like Lily James a lot, so I I think I will give this a shot. Well, and it's interesting because she, it's not like she looks exactly like Pamela Anderson, but she looks nothing like Lily James. Like she yeah, really, that's the thing, yeah. And she did a good job really uh, evoking empathy and sympathy for the character without it. Like, I agree with you that Sebastian Stan... And I don't know enough about Tommy Lee to know, like, is this cartoony? Is this caricature? Is this just what he was like? But she did a good job humanizing Pamela Anderson and not making it seem like a joke. Yeah. Well, I think that's what that's why I was initially turned off, because I I sort of was assuming in, in my brain that this is also what Lily James' character is going to be like. And I was mostly just kind of creeped out by Seth Rogen. But he was he was good. And no, and Seth Rogen ends up, I mean, it gets a little bit creepier, but he's a little bit less featured as time goes on. It ends up being a lot more about them and, you know, the effect that it had on their relationship. There's 
I mean, again, like there's so many things I didn't know. Like she was pregnant and had a miscarriage, like right in the midst of all this happening. And eventually they went on to have two kids. But um, it's worth noting that Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee are not involved in the making of this. And even though when Lily James and Sebastian say are talking about how they really want to get this story out because of how messed up it is. When I mean, they went on Jimmy Kimmel. They're still kind of like making fun of the whole entire thing, the the hosts and the people who are interviewing them. The first viral tape that went out there, I mean, the first, so this was completely unprecedented situation. So. Right, this was pre-Kim Kardashian tape. <laughs> yeah, this was... They were pioneers in that respect, for sure. <laughs> in a way, it's like you're playing Lewis and Clark, you know? <laughs> of celebrity porn. Yes, of celebrity porn. So, um... I don't know about that. I mean, you know, um, uh, again, like, I, 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 feel, I feel for them. But Pamela Anderson specifically did not give permission or approval. They reached out to her. She didn't respond. All the quotes from the sources were basically like, this was a really difficult, painful time for her, and she feels violated by the whole entire thing and wants nothing to do with it. Whereas, yeah, I can only imagine. Whereas, according to sources, Tommy feels fine about the series and is excited to see it. God, he's gross. He's and he, it sounds like he talked to Sebastian Stan about it. And, Ew. um, but yeah, I mean like the whole thing, really just the fact that it happened is pretty insane. Oh, like yeah, I think I, people just assume that they release this themselves or, you know, not that it was someone broke into their house and took it. Yeah. I don't think people realize as how much of a violation it was. Yeah. Cause in my mind it was like celebrities and i've been sure he had some kind of idea it's not like someone broke into his house and stole it but it's in fact that is exactly what happened someone did break not to mention (laughs) this was like at the very early ages of the internet so it wasn't like he uploaded it and released it online like he posted a website so people had to find the website and then send him money and then he mailed individual tapes to the people that's crazy requested them that's That's so insane oh i hate that well, moving on from that, um, I have recently finished watching the new Janet Jackson documentary called Janet Jackson. Um, it's four episodes long. It's a docu-series. It was released on Lifetime and Any, but you can also watch it on Hulu Live. Um, this documentary was released to coincide with the 40th anniversary of her first album, which was in 1982. Um, it has a it has a lot of never-before-seen like home video footage. I was most surprised to see that there's so many videos directly like from her ex-husband Renee like obviously I was a lot younger when you know a lot of her a lot of the stuff that went on in her early career and as uh, during her come up like I wasn't aware of so it was very informative and it's it's interesting because while I'm a Janet Jackson fan I don't really know much about her early career especially all the shit that she sort of went through navigating her rise in the industry like including her marriages the rumors and when like, you say when you say videos from her husband, like he submitted home videos, like what? what yeah, do you like mean? he, I guess, was a he just liked to record things all the time. Um, and so there's all these videos of him being like, "Babe, do this, kiss your mom again," and she's like, "It's not real. Stop like recording. Stop recording my mom." Like you can see, like she uses mm. those um, tapes, and it, it gives you a lot more insight into like the family that sort of, you know, I mean, the Jacksons are like is untouchable it's like you don't really know much about that like in terms of like how they all they're very secretive or you know not secretive i guess just keep to themselves obviously but um and learning sort of how she drifted apart from michael jackson like towards you know the end of his life and 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 all that it's it's 
it's interesting and very informative. And she encourages us all to um, forgive Justin Timberlake because she has, but I think everyone's collectively ignoring that from Janet Jackson. And we're like, we like you, but no, we won't forgive him. (laughs) I was sort of disappointed I I was hoping she was going to set the record straight on what actually like what was actually supposed to happen. Like was he supposed to rip off the whole thing or not? No, I mean it, she had like a star on her nipple that was just supposed to like re- reveal like this star. It was not supposed to reveal her whole nipple. Also that during that entire time she was dating Jermaine Dupree, which is just the most confusing thing cuz she's really chosen some interesting partners being Janet Jackson. Like I don't know. And he was cheating on her a lot, which fucked up. But I'm not Justin Timberlake apologist. I do, I do feel like the costumer on that, if that wasn't what was supposed to happen, really failed her there. Yeah, but it's crazy to see how much that affected her and her career. Like going forward, she had all of these shows and you know press things lined up, and they were all sort of like swept away and like taken away from her because people were like, "Oh, she's gross, and she needs to be like." Like people were coming up to her brothers, telling her brothers that she should be like put away until she can like learn some manners and act like a like like he just like Justin Timberlake just got no flack for it. And even when he did, he made it a joke. She like made a whole public apology, sort of taking the whole blame for it. And he said nothing. Yeah, it sounded like that was like coached by someone or something to that effect, which also sucks. Yeah, it was sad. But it's crazy that I don't know, like now in the era of of WAP. I'm like, we were, we were like, we were really offended by her like one nipple. Like, okay, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, no, people were offended. Remember when they performed WAP at the billboard awards or whatever it was, and people were freaking out when Cardi B danced around the giant high heel. Oh, people, people were, were not, her. people were not happy. I don't think they would let her perform WAP at the Super Bowl. Now we can only hear Justin Timberlake perform the troll song. Oh, God, don't. I hate that song. I don't want to hear it anymore. It's like Peaches. That song and Peaches need to go away forever. Oh, what? Excuse me? I've overdone it. I've overdone it. I can't do it anymore. Wow. My ears will bleed. Who are you? Not a fan of Peaches. Oh, my God. I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, I teased for you that we were going to be talking about Shonda Rhimes, and the time is now to talk about Shonda Rhimes' latest project, which is inventing Anna on Netflix. Now that Shonda's got that Netflix deal, she's moving on from Bridgerton. There's actually more Bridgerton coming out in March, but before that inventing Anna is coming out on Netflix in February. This is a scripted story. Again, I feel like we have to really make that clear between what's a documentary and what's not. Um, That is based on the 2018 New York magazine article about Anna Delvey. Remember her? Yeah, I also, this story is so crazy, but I can't tell if, because we live in New York, this was like a thing that specifically New Yorkers cared about more than anyone else. Like, I don't know. I didn't realize. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I didn't realize. I don't know. Like, trying to talk to my friends in other places, they were just like, who? What are you talking about? Or it's like, it's so much part of the culture in New York. You're like, you know, Anna Delvey? Like, oh my God, she was in these captions. Like, it was so, like, it's all we discussed for like months. Right. Well, after this, it kind of depends on whether or not you read the article or not. But it's like, yeah, it's like if you know, you know. But basically, um, this article came out about this woman who was basically a socialite who scammed lots and lots of people out of a lot of money and was living in 
hotels and buying expensive things, living a very extremely lavish lifestyle on the promise that she had a trust fund and rich parents and that the money was coming and just basically kept borrowing money from one place to pay it forward to another. And eventually it all caught up with her. But before she was arrested, she lived a very insane, lavish lifestyle. So this series sort of imagines, you know, what Anna Delvey's life was like and what it was like for that journalist to write the article. So it's like, there's a disclaimer at the beginning of each episode that says it's based on a true story, except for the parts that are made up. And when you're watching it, it does feel like very (laughs) sensationalized. At no point are you like, oh my God, this is a documentary. But also it's like, it's real, except for the parts that aren't. (laughs) You're like, okay. (laughs) Well, and and the thing is, after each time, I mean, they change the names of um, some of the places in New York. Like she works at Manhattan Magazine or something instead of New York Magazine, like Mm -hmm. little tiny, like tongue in cheek changes but you do find yourself the whole entire time being like was this real was that real was this real was that real so it you know is based on parts of this article also fun fact the real article was written by a journalist called jessica pressler who also wrote the article that inspired the movie hustlers so damn Jess. good for you um you know what this weirdly reminds me of even though i know the premise of this is not i don't, I don't know why i i keep thinking of the bling ring <laughs> like those those rich girls that just kept going to celebrities houses and like stealing shit from them it feels very much in that realm for me yeah well it's sort of like when you're reading the article you're like how does this happen like how could this happen how could this happen and when you're watching the show it's pretty much the same like you're watching you know her make all these promises or make all these deals and i think the whole point of it is that if you say you have money and you present yourself a certain type of way and enough people believe it, like there's so much invisible money exchanging hands in the world in New York at all times that people will just, you know, it's sort of like the same thing as like people giving Elizabeth Holmes money and people giving what's that fire festival name guy. He actually shows up in the show (laughs) (laughs) because she was staying with him for a while. So Wait, she was he living has, like Kelly McFarland. She was living yes. with Kelly McFarland. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like a major plot point, but it's it's touched on. But um, anyway, it's it's a fun it's a fun series. Um, I do I do find it slightly frustrating of wanting to know what's real the whole entire time, but I enjoyed it. And Julia Garner, who has won two Emmys for her role as Ruth on Ozark, in Ozark, yeah, plays Anna Delvey, and she is so good. And that really makes the show. I think for me with this Anna Delvey story is because it's a scripted series and I've already sort of read ad nauseum about this entire thing over and over again. I don't really know if I need a scripted series based on this thing where I I know all of the main points. Like why would this be fun for me to watch sort of a thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I thought it was fun because there's still – even if you read the article, I mean, I didn't remember everything – from it and i still sort of like seeing it play out and how they you know imagine some of the ways that they could have been attached i still felt like there were things that i didn't know about um and also there's no it's not like there's a documentary about anna delvey where we already know all this stuff and yeah we we've seen it it's sort of like there were still things in the article that were sort of left as a mystery on the other hand there are a lot of series coming out that are Similar to Pam and Tommy and Inventing Anna scripted with like very high caliber actors. Yeah. 
based on true stories where I have seen a documentary of it, like We Crashed, which is based on the whole WeWork saga. Like, I don't know that I need to watch eight episodes of Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway playing this couple that built WeWork and then... No, and and we both watched the original documentary and we we talked a lot about, you know, the insanities that took place behind the scenes of WeWork and in a large part due to the founder, Adam Newman. Um, for some fun, fun context, um, Newman has told reporters in the past that he wants to be the leader of the world, live forever, and have a trillion dollars in wealth. And his nice. wife, Rebecca Newman, who's also the cousin of Gwyneth Paltrow, um, has also been known to be a smidge eccentric, you could say. She's like, was known to fire employees on site because she didn't, quote, like their energy. Um, and we know that Jared Leto is, plays crazy exceptionally well, but I, I guess there's a part of me that's looking forward to seeing how Anna and Hathaway would, would do it. Like, that's the only reason that I would be mildly interested but yeah it's like we've seen i've already seen an actual documentary about this no and when i watched a documentary i didn't know anything about it so right i had no idea what this guy was like i didn't know anything about his personality or all these things that happened i didn't know that we work had branched into apartments i didn't know they called the ceo the the we eo (laughs) so i feel like am i gonna watch eight hours of this same story told, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't get excited about it. If I hadn't watched the documentary, maybe I'd be more interested. Yeah. I guess this is like, this is where it falls into. I either, because all of these stories are somewhat things that we've already seen or probably watched, like the dropout that's going to come out um, in early March on Hulu, which is about, you know, the Elizabeth um, Holmes, Theranos founder, um, you know, her whole thing. It's like we, I feel like most people watch this HBO documentary about Elizabeth Holmes. So the only reason that I would be interested is like, do I want to see Amanda Seyfried play Elizabeth Holmes? Like that's outside of that. There's nothing there's, I'm not seeking out new information here. Um, Well, and there's no, right. You're watching it purely. If you know exactly the whole story, you're watching it purely for performance. And again, like eight episodes, that's a long, it's much longer than the documentary I watched. Right. It, it feels like more <laughs> of a commitment on something where I already know how it ends. Like, I, I know what's happening. Um, but there's like... Yeah. No, it reminds me of when I watched um, The Act, that Hulu series about Gypsy Rose Blanchard with um, oh, Patricia yeah. Arquette and Joey King. And I had not seen the documentary of that. I so was I was like, I was vaguely aware, but didn't really know where it was going. But people kept saying to me, you should just watch the documentary. It's... That's that was me. And, I was people. I watched yeah. the <laughs> I was people. I, but I, was like, oh, well, I missed the boat on that, and I've already started this, so I guess I'll just keep going with this. No, I think, yeah, like for me, I, there, you know, there's a series that's also going to come out um, in March on HBO called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. I've seen a lot of, like, short documentaries and and whatever, like, deep dives into the rise, you know, what it was like in the front office of the Lakers in the eighties um, and seeing like Magic Johnson and Jerry Buss. And, and this is from Adam McKay. I'm more interested in that, even though I'm very familiar with this story, there hasn't really been a dedicated documentary that like swept everyone away, like the last dance um, in that sense. So this is something where I'm like, even though it's information, I know it's going to be presented in a way that I've never seen it before. But this At is least. not, this is also scripted though. The last yeah. dance was not 
Yeah. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it's scripted, but I think for me, it's like the last dance was just like brand new information. A lot of it, like behind the scenes, this is like something I already know, but at least if it's going to be scripted or if it was going to be a documentary, I prefer documentaries, but in this case, I'm excited because, you know, John C. Riley and, and Sally Fields are some fun names in it that would be exciting to see. But like, we were talking about how not, neither of us need Joe versus Carol. Like, why? why no, what we? are you talking about? You need that. You need the scripted version of Tiger King. Carol Baskin? I'm Carol Baskin. Does the name Joseph Maldonado Passage mean anything to you? He is a psychopath who wishes me dead. No, we have all collectively moved on from no, this, this Tiger this King to stuff. to me seems like some knee-jerk reaction that someone had at the very start of the pandemic where everyone had lost their minds and everyone was obsessed with tiger king that someone in hollywood was like we gotta get on this we have to release the scripted yeah no based on the fact that i don't know anyone that watched season two of tiger king although on the other hand these people are so ridiculous that it might be more palatable to watch kate mckinnon play carol baskin i just uh yeah i i need to forget that tiger king ever happened it was like a dark time where we're all like collectively watching this thing because we were, yeah, I just, I don't need to be in that place mentally. I've moved on from that point in my life and I don't need to go back there. Also, Tiger King is, Joe Exotic's not doing that well and I don't really want to know what's going on. It's like sad and depressing and like none of this is interesting No, also anymore. I basically watched the actual footage of someone getting their arm ripped off. So what's going to be, how can they improve on that? It's already horrific. I don't need a scripted version. The real version was horrific enough. True. Um, okay. Well, why don't we take a quick break and when we come back, we'll have some closing thoughts. All right. Well, if you're looking for some true stories happening in real time, there's also the Winter Olympics. Yes. On 24-7 weekly. There's Winter Olympics, the Super Bowl. Those are the other things that you can watch that we have not gotten screeners of, unfortunately. It would be, I would love to get screeners of the Super Bowl, but no, unfortunately, I don't think we'll be getting those. Um, the halftime show should be interesting. It's going to be Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige. And Kendrick Lamar. Nowadays, everybody wanna talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. And motherfuckers act like they forgot about trade. I can't believe the weekend's not performing. In my brain, the weekend has been performing like the last four Super Bowls because it, last year was 2019 for me, and I like to have no idea what's going on. Oh, in my head, it's it always switches off between Maroon Five and Justin Timberlake. But <laughs> J Lo and Shakira performed. This this group is definitely gonna have a lot of people googling who. Who? Like like all of Gen Z. Do today's kids know about Eminem? Are they going to sing Forgot About Dre? I don't know. Do you think he's going to sing... Um, what's that angry song about the closet that's like so dark that I used to listen to all the time in like middle school? I never meant to make you cry, but tonight I'm cleaning out my closet. I'm cleaning out my closet. Oh my god, yeah. That's no, I, I don't think he's going to sing like Stan. <laughs> Well, they should, they should, Gen Z should, should watch this because that's where Stan comes from. And they love using that. I mean, Gen Z will watch it. It's a Super Bowl. Everyone watches it. Do they? Well, maybe not Gen Z. I don't think Gen Z cares about anything that happens live ever. I think we need to stop referring to all Gen Z as Gen Z. 
why we're millennials. That's how people have referred to us for years. It's their turn now. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, also, Love is Blind is coming out. <laughs> I just keep speaking of, speaking of millennials. Love is Blind is coming out very soon. Um, and I feel I'm, like I kept wondering when this was coming back, and now that it's here, I'm not ready. Becky, you can watch Love is Blind. You have access to screeners. I want to watch it weekly with the rest of the world. No, or like, why? Is it being released weekly? It's being released in batches or something. They're doing some sort of like slow, slow yeah, time release. There's a slow rollout. Um, I mean, it's equally enjoyable. It's always like so fun to watch these people just be, you know, really dive into finding out if love is truly blind. Is love truly blind? Um, in well, my, you've already seen it. Is it good? Should I watch it? I'm enjoying it. I think the couples are interesting. I, I think, you know, after the first season, it feels like obviously all of these people have watched the first season. That's what I should hope like. so. Like, that's what sucks. Because the first Love is Blind, with, I felt, like, more authentic because we had never seen something. Like, now I feel like these people come in with, like, how they want to present their personalities a little bit more. So that's – I don't like that. But, yeah, people are still saying insane shit and you're just like, what? Like, why Do, Are people still having to propose to a, a door? Yes. Yeah, they're still they're mm-hmm. still proposing to a blank wall, telling each other I love you after three days. Um, did they get – did they cast – wackier people with bigger personalities in an attempt to stir up more drama because that seemed to me one the obvious i feel like there's a, one in this season there's one specific woman who i won't name but i feel like she's gonna get a lot of flack and and she might be the jessica was it just this just the jessica of last mm-hmm. season that was like yeah she's she couldn't she didn't know if she loved mark or not wow neither does this one um mm-hmm. also i watched uh bel-air which is like the more serious version of the Fresh Prince that's going to be coming out on Peacock. I watched exactly twenty minutes of this, and I know I said I didn't need it, need it. And after watching the first twenty minutes, or now you do. Minutes, I know I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I know I don't need it. And this is like, I love those characters the way that they were. I'm not a fan of the new cast. I just, just leave, just leave the Fresh Prince alone. It was good as it was. We don't need. And whoever pretends to like the show, Will Smith is directly paying them. So I don't. That's well, if they're saying. anything like you, they'll never see it because they don't have access to Peacock. No, yeah. no, they won't. All right, Becky, we finally arrived at the burning question. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, don't ask me to cast someone in one of these things. No, I'm not. I'm not asking you to cast anyone in the show. Great. You, you will be picking someone for something. Um, the Super Bowl is this weekend. You are in charge of picking next year's Super Bowl halftime performance. Who okay. are you picking? It can't Beyonce. be someone who's already performed. No, you have to la- let, let me finish the question so you know the rules. You okay. can't you can't pick anyone that's already performed. Okay, that's the only rule. Is there more? No, that's the only one. Oh, <laughs> okay. Beyonce performed at the Super Bowl. Yes. What with like Bruno Mars and Coldplay, that like epic performance. Was she not the headliner? I think Coldplay was, and then he, they came in. I mean, she was the headliner. Nobody like nobody paid attention to Coldplay. <laughs> It was basically like her and Bruno Mars doing that like dance off, which was so amazing. I'd like to see Taylor Swift and Ye perform together at the Super Bowl. Whoa. I'm almost scared of that. Wouldn't, Wouldn't you like to see it? 
what would it look like? What would happen? I think just as soon as she would start singing, he would just be like, yo, yo, hold on, hold on. Just interrupting her the whole time. No, I think they would have to. She's never performed. She's got all those hits. Don't you want to hear? They'd have to sing like Gold Digger. <laughs> they got to sing all the crowd pleasers. Oh my God. Yeah. I want to hear Tosa sing Gold Digger. I love that song. It's so good. She does have some great sing-along music, I have to say. I know. Well, she's an ideal candidate, I think, in terms of the cool. pop songs. Cool. I mean, cool. she has like... Yes. Fam- Family-friendly? Yeah, this yes, Super Bowl sing-along. halftime show is like not that <laughs> like Eminem. No. And- the, the, the shake it off sing-along. Like, she has that whole... But it's all about pairing people together. Yeah. I think. Like, everyone loved J-Lo and Shakira. I mean, Kanye is a little controversial. Oh, you know what would actually I would really like to see? I changed my answer. Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. Oh, that's together. Good, You can't have two white people. That's not allowed. I know. Featuring Kanye West. Okay, there. <laughs> and Olivia Rodrigo, because she's also connected to them. But, like, they used to date. They have songs about each other. Oh, my like, God, yeah. Taylor Swift singing style directly to Harry Styles. <laughs> Who doesn't want to see that? Harry Styles, probably. Yeah, well, now we have no choice but DJ Play Style by Taylor Swift. Not Over It is hosted and produced by Becky Kirsch and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Allison Noel and Lisa Sugar. Have something to share? Tell us the moments you're not over by emailing us at notoverit at popsugar.com. Thanks for listening.